What do you know about that, man? <laughs> That was pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lee, let's just get it going. All right. No other way to jump into it? No doubt. I think that we should probably start off by saying, well, actually, you know what? We got to introduce ourselves. Mm -hmm. I'm Chase Winnegar, host of the podcast, and you're Lee McClellan, co-host. I hope everybody is doing well. Yes, sir. And we don't have a guest today. And that's okay. What time did I text you today to ask you to do uh, this? It was, what, nine? Yeah. Nine this morning? We've uh, Yeah, it was about three hours ago. So obviously, <laughs> we didn't line up a guest. But I'll tell you what, I thought to myself, you know, we, because of COVID and everything going on, it's been really hard for us to get together and do these podcasts. Yeah, we apologize. Yeah, we do apologize. And it's been tough on everybody. Hopefully people understand. Um, but this weekend is free fishing weekend. Mm. Yep. Uh, there's a lot of good fishing going on right now. And there's also some, some safety information that we should try to get out there. So I thought we need to do a podcast today. We don't have a guest. Let's get this info out there. Mm -hmm. And I think we can do a pretty good one. It might be a shorter podcast. Mm -hmm. But uh, I appreciate you being able to come in and sit down with me and, and no problem. talk about it. And I see you've got some notes there. you got some good fishing info for people. And uh, some things on, I've, I've written a lot about boating safety through the years. Yeah. And uh, some also, um, I, last uh, year or so, I've kind of tried to, in the magazine and some of the other things, put an emphasis on people on canoes and kayaks. Yes. Because a lot of people are buying kayaks. That, that there's a lot more affordable ones on the market now, but yeah. they have no experience. Yeah. And then they, they don't know what a flood stage is on a creek. They don't know if that's what the way it's supposed to be. I, I'll tell you what, you're hitting yeah. on one of the things that I want to get yeah, into. We'll get most. into because, it a little bit. Because some things have happened lately. I saw something with my own eyes the other day I yeah. want to talk about. <laughs> and I, I've been, yeah. I've been, I still can't believe it. I've been talking to, I talked to some of our law enforcement guys, and I've been giving some numbers and some info on what's going on water safety-wise. So I do want to talk about that. Mm -hmm. But first, right off the top, just to go ahead and hit on it, there's a lot going on right now mm -hmm. in the world. Like, yeah. Turn on the news, turn on the radio. Chad Miles is calling me. I'm going to go ahead and mute that. Anyway, there's a whole lot going on right now, and I kind of feel like we would we would be doing a, a disjustice if we don't just acknowledge it and mm -hmm. don't talk about it. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, when me or, me and you are here, we're representing an agency. Mm -hmm. You know, we aren't representing necessarily our own personal opinions, especially on things like this, right? Yes. So I don't think that, I think we just kind of need to stay in our lane and talk about things that we are experts on, which is fishing and, and boating safety and, and but things like that. you know, like these that. are very trying times. Yeah. What a better way to get away than go out fishing and put all that, turn the TV off, turn the radio off, yeah. turn your phone off and get away. Oh, and that's one of that's, my that's favorite. Really good for your mental health. One of my favorite things. I've been fishing the falls a lot lately, right? And when you go down to the falls, there are literally all types of people down there, right? Mm -hmm. All types of people. Oh, you do. You see all socioeconomic oh, levels. I mean, you're down. talking rich, poor, all races, <clears throat> ethnicities, people from other countries. Mm -hmm. And when everybody's down there, nobody's got their work clothes on. It's just like everybody's fishing, you yeah. know? And it's cool because you talk to everybody and it's a really good environment. And that's one of the things I enjoy most about it, is just being able to go down there and relax and, and you get to I see love it. in the fall when it's slow yeah. and you can wait around. It's yeah. really cool down there. Well, it's, it's cool because everybody there has a common denominator and it's fishing. Everybody mm -hmm. there has something that they have in common, you know, yeah. even if there's nothing else. So it, it makes for a really cool environment. That's one of the things I enjoy about it the most. But, you know, right down there outside of the falls is the city of Louisville and that's where a lot of this stuff is going on right mm -hmm. now. So, you know, I don't want to get into it too deep I just wanted to acknowledge that this stuff is going on, that we know it, that we see it. And, you know, I think that I know my personal opinion is that you just kind of want everybody to be safe, you yeah. know. 
and that goes on all sides of all issues and it goes for COVID and it goes for the race stuff and and everything. Mm -hmm. But like I said, that's not our subject today. I just wanted to touch it off the top and and go ahead and acknowledge it. Go fishing. It's good for your soul. It's extremely good for your soul. It can also be bad for your soul if done poorly though, (laughs) if done wrong, okay? (laughs) So you better hope your soul's in the right spot if you go fishing and do it the wrong way. Yeah, well, yeah, you you caught a person the other day as well. That's what I want to talk about. (laughs) So two days ago. And this is the inexperienced thing here. Well, it's an experience and it's a little, just not understanding. It's a lack of understanding Mm -hmm. of the water, you know? Two days ago, three days ago, I'm sorry, I was over here, I was talking to one of our conservation officers and uh, he was telling me that the um, drownings were up this year and he was telling me about one that he had just seen the other day, right? And it was on a small creek. It was on a um, overhead dam on a small creek. Yeah, low head dams are, stay away. Yeah, and um, he told me- They call them drowning machines for a reason. Yeah, it's a nickname. He told me that the numbers were up this year, unfortunately, and they were up last year compared to the year before that also. And uh, I kind of asked him why I thought that was, and he said, you know, with COVID going on, a lot more people have been at, you know, not at work, they've had more free time. And a lot of people have taken to the stores and bought a kayak for the very first time mm-hmm. and got out there and hit the water. And they're new on the water, no idea what they're doing, no experience, and they're out there maybe without somebody who is experienced. Yeah. And that's kind of, you know, you see fishing license sales are up this year because mm-hmm. more people are getting out there and doing that. Well, unfortunately, drownings are up also because the same thing. I get a newsletter on email. It's a, it's a kayak fishing newsletter, and they send out some things. And one of the things that, that I read the other day about drownings is back in the day, back in the 70s when canoeing really took off, people would watch instructional videos yeah. and films uh, on how to do things. Well, people aren't doing that now. Yeah. And they said the number one factor in drownings is inexperience. Inexperience. And, and what, you know, people, if you don't know, you know, that's one of the things, you know, uh, we'll talk about here in a minute, but you know, if, if you see it's high and muddy and mm-hmm. and frothy, mm-hmm. don't paddle. Yeah, that that's true. And But it also comes down to experience in another way. Um, you probably take for granted being able to read water. Mm-hmm. I take, you yeah. know, I probably take, I've gotten used to reading the water. You know, mm-hmm. I see the I see the chute, I know which <clears> way to go. I mm-hmm. see the, the eddy. I know that if I get part of my boat in there, it's gonna spin me around and possibly mm-hmm. flip me over. Mm-hmm. And you see trees down and you know that if you go that way, that the water might pull you a little bit further to the right than you mm-hmm. want. You might get stuck in those trees. Mm-hmm. And when I'm kayaking with people, you know, a lot of times I'm pointing that stuff out and people used to point the same stuff out for me. My buddy Bobby, who's a whitewater guide, you know, he'd point out, hey, you need to, go this way and now a lot of times I do it for my wife yeah. I, I usually lead yeah and I think you take it for granted you just kind of say that stuff and you read it but if you get out there on the water for the first time and we've had a lot of rain in spurts this spring so mm-hmm. the water's been up at times you get out there on the water for the first time and you don't know how to do that stuff I mean it's not the safest situation no. in the world and you better wear your PFD and, and it, that's the number one thing wear always wear your PFD even uh, Nathan Deppenbrock who owns Canoe Kentucky yeah. has paddled some of the hairiest white water in the world world-class instructor, world-class paddler, um, always wears his PFD. Yeah, and that's part of it. And he, his employees always wear their PFDs. And if you, I'm pretty sure if you leave Canoe Kentucky in a rental, you're wearing your PFD when yep. you're leaving there. So mm-hmm. that's good to be strict on things They're like that. They're hot, but they've got new kayaking ones that are much yeah. cooler. And, oh, it is a law to have a PFD on a kayak also. Yes, you Probably have to have it. Say that. Right, yeah, you have to have it on it with you. You can't float without one. And the, um, <clears throat> shoot, you just, I had, a, I had a thought, Lee. You just lost me. Where your PFD? Okay. The other thing I see a little bit is probably alcohol. Yeah. That contributes, especially on kayaks and mm-hmm. probably on boats too. But I'm telling you, sometimes I go out, I'm wade fishing, and 
you know, I'll see these boats coming through that are probably, I mean, these people probably went to, you know, Wally World and bought a kayak mm -hmm. and a 12 case of 12 rack of beer and <laughs> went straight to the creek. Oh, know? yeah. I see it all the time. And uh, these people come through and sometimes you can just tell that they aren't, they aren't in control. Yeah. You know, they're kind of sloppy and that's, that makes for a dangerous time too. Mm -hmm. So I think it needs to be said that not only PFDs, but also alcohol mm -hmm. on, on kayaks and uh, it's actually against the law. Um, public, I mean, it's public, mm -hmm. open container in public place. Is, is against the law. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know what kind you of... You cannot drink alcohol in public places, is yes. what Shane says. Yeah, just Shane be Kerry. safe out there. But I did want to tell this quick story about something that happened to me the other night. I put this on Facebook, um, so I know you saw it and I already told you about it. But mm -hmm. the Ohio River, okay, the biggest body of water we have here, right, <laughs> by far, probably the most dangerous too, especially around those dams. Mm -hmm. I was up there fishing the other day, hybrid fishing, and I happened, I the hybrid fishing had been slow, right? The past few times I'd gone, I'd caught maybe one fish, two fish, it'd just been slow. So my mind was kind of going to, all right, let's try something new. Try, and I see people out there catfishing all the time, right? Mm -hmm. So I took my uh, my big rod with me. Um, it's a eight foot Loomis heavy, I got 60 pound braid on it. Took it down there and then I also took my rod uh, to catch skipjack. Is that the one I drove to Florida? Yes, the exact rod that you drove to, drove to Florida. So I had a rod to catch skipjack, and I was standing up on the walkway that goes along the dam wall, um, and I was, you know, just trying to catch skips. And I look over, and there's these two guys swimming directly towards the main gates. And there's water coming out of there at 100 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. That water hits those bridge pillars of the mm -hmm. train bridge, and it shoots 50 feet up in the air. I mean, that water's coming through with enough force to, I mean, destroy a boat in a heartbeat. And a person, especially with no PFD like they had, I mean, zero chance, zero yeah. chance. If they get in a reverse current, they get in yeah. a hydraulic, they're dead. Well, that's what I'm saying. They're they're swimming towards these gates because they want to get up on a log jam that's right there next to where the water's coming mm -hmm. out um, to catch skipjack and bait because a lot of times those fish congregate near that moving water. Yeah. So they thought that's where the skips are. They were struggling to catch them up on the dam. They thought, I'm going to go out there where they are. And these two guys started to swim across the river towards these gates. And I couldn't say or do anything. They were all the way out there in the river, uh, rushing water. And I was sitting there, I was telling this other guy that was fishing, I was just telling him how dangerous it was. And I was like, man, there are undercurrents being created by all that water coming out. And those undercurrents, all they got to do is just pull you towards that water. And you're not going to, I mean. Yeah, you're done. It's extremely dangerous. And my, my stomach was just kind of in a knot watching these guys do this because I, you could tell they weren't even that good of swimmers. They one of them was kind of going down and kicking off the bottom to come back up. You know, he was almost like space walking his way across oh the river. And uh, I wasn't catching any fish. So I was actually kind of in the mindset where I'm going to, it's about time to leave. This is probably 45 minutes after I saw him swim over there. But I was kind of just waiting to see them swim back because you kind of had that bad feeling the whole time they were out there that something is about to go wrong. Like something's just going to happen here. And sure enough, they started swimming back and I, st I had two catfish poles out at that point. And I was watching them swim, and they were taking a little bit different route on the way back than they took the way there. And uh, <clears throat> they started going slower and slower, and the one guy who was bouncing up and down off the bottom to get across, I guess he might have gotten into deeper water where he couldn't bounce. And so he was trying to swim, wasn't a good swimmer. I don't know if he got a cramp or got exhausted or what, but he went under, and his buddy out there was yelling for help, and then the guy would pop back up. And so this whole time, I'm sitting there just reeling my catfish rods in as quick as I can, right? And uh, I got him in, and this guy, he went down for like six or, I, I'm going to guess six seconds, which isn't a long time, but when you're sitting there watching somebody go up and down in the water, six seconds seems like a mm -hmm. long time. And so I got that one catfish rod in, and I had a four-ounce 
um, bank sinker on it and a big circle hook. I just cut that hook off real quick, quick and cast it out there. And I was looking, I remember this crystal clear because I was, I had to cast at them, but I was looking directly into the sun and I couldn't even really see their, the guy's heads above water when I cast because I was looking directly in the sun. So I just slung it out there close to him, ended up going a little bit right. So then I ran down the dam and got my line going over top of the guy and I just reeled it into him. And luckily he, uh, he got, I don't know if he grabbed a hold of it. It's really hard to grab a hold of 60 pound braid and mm -hmm. hold on that hard, but eventually I was able to reel him all the way in to the, uh, to the dam and some guy got down there and helped him. I mean, he was completely exhausted, couldn't swim, couldn't climb up, couldn't do anything. But um, he had that braided fishing line just wrapped around his body and wrapped around his arm. And I didn't stick around to, to see what happened. Like I didn't talk to the guys. I don't think they spoke English. But if I had to imagine, he was probably pretty cut up I don't know if you've ever had your body drug across the Ohio River by sixty pound braid. It, it I don't plan to. No, no, it's haven't. A, don't plan to do it. I've got scars on each of my pinky fingers from where I've grabbed braid and just pulled on it, and that wasn't that much force. So if I had to assume, he probably uh, left there with a couple marks on him. But at least he's not dead, mm -hmm. you know. And I just, as soon as he got in there to safety, I just, I didn't even tie my hook back on. I just picked it up off the ground and threw it in my tackle box and grab my stuff and left. I was kind of like just shaking my head. So dangerous. So dangerous. And if I wouldn't have taken my catfish rod, I don't know if the guy would have been okay, you know, or somebody else might have saved him. I have no idea what would have happened, but it, I mean, I really felt like I could have seen something happen there that would have been pretty bad. And it made mm -hmm. me think we need to get in there and we need to talk boating safety. Mm -hmm. You think it goes without saying that you shouldn't swim in the Ohio River towards the main gates of a dam that would shred a 747 to pieces in two seconds. If you shouldn't you do. do distance swimming in lakes or, you know. No. And that's people a, do that a lot. That's one of the things Shane says that happens every year, especially people get exhausted. Te teenage, you know. Yeah. You read those stories. You read the ones. Well, where, you know, peer pressure. I bet I can swim across the cove. Uh, I bet I, you can. When I was and then in, they get three quarters of the way across. They get a cramp in their leg. They don't have a PFD on. They drown. Well, when I was in Madison County, that happened. Uh, on the Kentucky River. Mm -hmm. Guys, you know, teenagers decided to swim across the river from Madison County side to the Fayette County side. And one of the teenagers, you know, got halfway and got exhausted and, you know, unfortunately drowned. That happens yeah. all the time all yeah. over the place, but water's nothing to mess with. No. Um, I was actually texting my dad and my uncle this morning and they were talking about when I drowned when I was a little kid. I mean, I, I still remember it to this day. I swear I remember it, drowning. Um, even though I was only four years old when it happened, I almost drowned. I forgot how to swim. I took swimming lessons and yeah. I jumped in the deep end of a pool yeah. and I panicked and my dad had to jump in and save me. Really? Well, that's what I kind of did too, but I didn't take the swimming I, I lessons just, Well, first. I just forgot. You know, yeah. I, I just got all the... When I was four, I did not take swimming lessons and my grandparents had an in-ground pool and they told me not to get in the pool until they came back out because they had to run inside real quick and get sandwiches or something. Of course, as soon as that screen door shut, I jumped straight in there. And I think they found me 12 minutes later on the bottom <laughs> of the of the deep end. I hit the slope and I slid down the slope from the three foot to the to the eight foot. And I remember laying on the bottom there. And you know, people hear me say that I remember laying down there. I remember things from my childhood. That's well, I think that the thing I think is, you know, they say that people get older, their memory starts to go right. I really, and I probably shouldn't comment on this because I'm not a neurosurgeon or whatever. I really think you just got a limited amount of things you can remember. Mm -hmm. And the longer you're on earth, the more things you got that you need to cram in there. I can remember my mother putting a fan in front of my crib. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. I remember a few. I remember vividly. I, I remember a few distinct things from my childhood. And I might not be, I can't tell you what I ate three days ago for lunch, right? Mm -hmm. But I think it's because those memories, they never went dormant for too long. You know, like I, you'd bring them up once a month. 
or you'd bring them up once every two months. And because of that, they were always refreshed. They were always on your mind, so you never lost them. And I have those memories of being on the bottom of the pool and waking up in the hospital. I have a memory of being in the hospital and the nurse had to come and, uh, I'll watch your mic there. Whoop. Nurse had to come and uh, take a blood sample or something and I puked in the room in front of her and I was so embarrassed because I was throwing up in front of the nurse. And I, I remember stuff like that from being four years old, but I mean, that's still water that's in a pool and you see people drown in pools all the time. Mm -hmm. What do you think a river or a creek mm -hmm. or something like that can do to you? And even Elkhorn Creek last year, you know, I hate to keep bringing up the negative things that happened, but in Elkhorn Creek last year, a guy jumped in the water uh, head first down there and hit their head and were knocked unconscious and drowned right there by Stillwater. And, and, and another thing that I saw in that area taken yeah. out two years ago, don't ever, ever go wading around in a creek with no shoes on. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no. this guy cut the living fire out. I was like, well, it's broken glass. There's, there's, yeah. and when it floods, there could be barbed wire. Yeah. And I, I wrote about this in the column a while back about wading and the importance of wearing wade boots or at least some old hiking boots. Don't yeah. wear flip flops or don't wear Tevas where your foot's exposed. I've, I've made the mistakes because yeah. I've, the last time I was in the hospital myself was because I wore flip flops in the creek mm -hmm. and I stepped on a, uh, an old um, limb line hook, mm. a big circle hook from, from a catfish. Um, I stepped on that and it went through my flip-flop and through the bottom of my foot. Woo. It actually hooked the flip-flop to my foot. And I had to uh, go to the hospital and they tried to pull it, they tied a rope to this hook. And they, you know, you try to pull it through and cut the barb off. Well, this lady- this, Give me the heebie-jeebies. Well, this doctor was pulling on this rope, trying to pull the hook through. And I'm telling you, she was giving everything she had. And then she looks at me and she says, oh, I was pulling the wrong way. She was going against the barb the whole time. And then she tried the other way and it wouldn't work and they ended up having to get a scalpel out and cut the hook out of the bottom of my foot. But I have, that's why I, I wore flip flops, bad idea. Up until this year, I've always worn a pair of old running shoes or tennis shoes that I've just kind of designated as my creek shoes. But this year I, I do have a designated pair of boots. Yes. You know, wearing those boots, especially down there because of the Well, and, and I'll tell you what, a good pair of wade boots is Cor a very, very good investment. Corkers or Sims or something like that. Yes, I've got some Sims. Yeah, my wife bought them for they me. Drain they drain water quick. They, they're they bulletproof. Yeah. Those Sims, it took a year for them to break in. Yeah, they're, they're really good boots. But if you're fishing, especially down there on the Ohio, because mm -hmm. some, there's some structure and there's some metal and things off barges. And, you know, you need to be safe. Anytime you're walking around the river, protect that. But thing I'm talking about, mainly drowning, because, you know, I I don't want to sound insensitive, but if somebody cuts their foot up on broken glass because they're walking around barefoot, I feel bad for them. Mm -hmm. They're walking around barefoot. If somebody drowns, that's a tragedy. Yeah. But you I know, mean, if you get a severe enough cut and you get that infected, that yeah, can be That's trouble. true. That's true. Um, but um, uh, one of the things I have written down, too, is, is you know, when people operate a boat as well, uh, there's a concept called boater's fatigue. And if you drink alcohol, it enhances it. Because when you're in the sun, how many times have you been boating all day and fishing or whatnot, and then when you lay down, you feel like you're still on the water? Oh, yeah. yeah well, I've been on a boat for 12 hours straight, standing up, and then I get on the shore, and I feel like I'm... Yeah. I feel well, like I'm... Well, yeah. that, that, that's boater's fatigue. Yeah. That movement, the sun, the wind, it dulls your reflexes. Yeah. And then if you add alcohol to that, you can make dumb decisions. If you have to make a quick decision, it can impair your decision-making yeah. ability. It'll slow it down. Yeah. So... And, just, just be mindful when you're out there. We were talking earlier about, and I said that's something I wanted to hit on, um, first-time kayakers, first-time canoers, people going out just buying the, you know, their very first boat right now off the shelf, picking up something for 250 at Academy or Walmart yeah. or 
Uh, I don't know if Dick's Sporting Goods still sells oh, yeah. kayaks. Yeah, I was in there the other day. Or, or go down to Canoe Kentucky and get yourself a little nicer rig. I don't mm -hmm. know if people are doing that for the first time. and There's a learning curve. I mean, you, yes. you feel confident when you've got that kayak. You're about to jump on the water. You mm -hmm. look at it. You just feel like confident. You got this. No big deal. I don't know many people who get in a kayak for the first time and are terrified of what's in front of them. Mm -hmm. You know? You get on the water, you're floating, you're paddling, you feel good, but there is a learning curve. Mm -hmm. What do you, I almost feel like there's more overconfidence early in learning to kayak and kayak fish than there is late. Oh yeah, because you learn your lessons. Yeah, I, I flipped. Nothing will, yeah. yeah, flipping uh, and getting caught in a strainer is scary. A strainer yeah. is like the tree you're talking about. Yeah. And if the current pushes you into that, um, it'll flip you quick. Oh, yeah. And you, then you'll learn quick or the water starts pouring over the side of your boat and then it might slip out from underneath of you. And um, th that panic feeling will teach you, hey, I, I need to be more cognizant and I need to practice before I come yeah. back on this section yeah. of the creek. Water weighs a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and that's kind of a mute point. People pick up a jug of water. I mean, it weighs a lot, right? Mm -hmm. But when you look at a creek, you don't think about how much weight is moving mm -hmm. through that creek. Yeah, no. You know, you, you, you do the math. What is it a gallon a cubic foot? I think. A gallon is a cubic foot, and a, a, a gallon or a cubic foot of water weighs, I'm wanting to say, somewhere around eight or nine pounds. Uh, I want to say, is it 14? No, I, I don't I, think let, it's that Let's high. not speculate on the weight. But well, I do know when you're in a churning water that the, it can apply at times 800 pounds per square inch of pressure on your body. I could, yeah. So you tell me anybody, you know anybody can lift 800 pounds. I don't know anybody who can lift well, 800 point, pounds. The point I was going to is uh, you're looking at Elkhorn right now. We just looked it up. It's sitting at basically 290 cubic feet per second, right? Mm -hmm. Well, if that creek gets pinched down to a smaller spot, that's 290 cubic feet per second. Let's do the math on that. 290 times 10, we're looking at 2,900 pounds of force going mm -hmm. through that spot every mm -hmm. given second. Yeah. Right. That makes sense, right? Yes. And people think, well, this creek's not that powerful. I, mm -hmm. You know, yeah. that's a lot of weight pushing against your body, and mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to push yourself out of that strain you, or something. So No doubt. I'm not trying to scare people away from kayaking but or just, anything. No, I'm, but yeah. just, you know, we don't want you to drown. Yeah, and it and it is a real possibility. So and people, I see families, and I see, uh, and you can tell they're really inexperienced. And the mom, and you know, and dad, and they buy the little kayaks for the kids, and they don't have a clue. I've seen them doing like, well, I hope they make it back. There's yeah. been times where I've seen, them, you know, going through riffles sideways, and yeah. you know, I'll be honest with you, I it's, creeks are dangerous mm -hmm. because those accident I was telling you about that happened the other day where somebody didn't make it was on a creek, right? Yeah. I, um, you know, you see people sitting out. I never really feel extremely worried about people going out on the creek because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, especially fans, because you hope somebody's being responsible. It's, yeah. a, it's the drunk college kids and the high schoolers that are yeah. going out there that I worry about in groups on the creek. But on the river or on a lake where, the, you know, the creek most times four feet deep, yeah. okay, that, that provides some level of danger. But when you're sitting over a 180-foot deep mm -hmm. um, Laurel Lake, that, mm -hmm. that's, a lot, that's a little bit different, too. Yeah, no, no doubt. No standing up, even if you're five feet off the off the bank there, you know, you're, and the river is just so powerful. I just want people to understand the danger of water, the power of it. And I mean, we're humans. We're supposed to be walking around on the land. We're not, we're not fish. Yeah, no know? doubt. It's not what we're made to deal with. Well, you know, and another thing that, that you and I were looking at the uh, USGS, yeah. um, go to before you paddle. It's real easy. I've explained this. A lot of people don't know how to read it. Oh, it's a good point. Um, Go to the U.S. Geological Survey, USGSA, type in USGS Streamflow, Kentucky, yeah. and it'll come up. Google that, and it'll come up. Yeah. And it has all of our streams by, by basin, Salt River Basin, Kentucky, Licking, Green. So if you plan to float Elkhorn Creek or you plan to float South Fork of Licking River, you can look 
and it'll show you the flow for that day. Yeah. And on that chart, there are these little triangles, and the triangles represent an average. Yeah, and there is a key. Over like, yeah, 40 yeah. something years of record life. There, there's a key, so you don't have to remember necessarily all of that. Just mm -hmm. remember how to get there. Yeah. And, and I Google for Elkhorn, for instance, I just Google USGS Elkhorn Creek, and it gives me the gauge I want. Mm -hmm. You can look at other gauges. Or you can probably do USGS South Elkhorn or USGS Otter Creek or, mm -hmm. or something like that. And I'll give it a, yeah, knowing the flow is important. So if you see that dime, or that triangle and the flow is right at the triangle, that's average. That means you can expect probably normal flow, clear water. Mm -hmm. If it's well above the triangle, then it's going to be high and blown out. Yeah. So if it's well above the triangle, Look for another place to flow. Yeah, and I, I know we are mentioned Canuc especially if you're inexperienced. We mentioned Canoe Kentucky earlier. Their website's a really good resource. Yeah, too. it is. And if you got a place like Canoe Kentucky, I'm 100% positive those guys would be more than happy if you called their shop to let you know. Oh yeah, the water looks like this, or to kind of give you an idea. They and, have a live cam as well. Yeah, and there's pro there's places like Canoe Kentucky set up on most creeks in Kentucky that people are really big into kayaking. Drake's Creek, Green River, there mm -hmm. are there paddle there shops are near yeah, a lot of shops them. And, yeah. You can call somebody and get an update too if you need to. But check that out. Um, what do you think the most important thing is? We've got the life jacket, right? Yeah. Well, to water safety. Don't get overconfident. Don't get boozed up and make a bad decision. And mm -hmm. don't. And overconfidence has to do with the life jacket. Mm -hmm. And it's a law to have one anyway. And if you pull up to the stream and it's like chocolate milk, frothy, and booking, go home or go to a lake. Go somewhere else. Because yeah. it, it's not going to be enjoyable. It's no fun to swim in muddy water. Who wants to swim in chocolate milk water? Yeah. No one. And if you get hung in a strainer, you can be in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Strainers are probably what scares me the most on the creek. Yeah. Um, and don't grab a branch if you're going underneath that because yeah. your boat goes on down and you're hanging on the branch. Yeah. yeah. Strainers are the... <laughs> no, the thing about strainers is, uh, you know, trees can fall at any time. You mm -hmm. know, you have a storm, there might be a tree down across the creek you didn't, that wasn't there the day before. Yeah. And I've seen those trees before fall across the creek and they're just perfect where there's, you know, four inches of water going under them and they go, or mm -hmm. four inches between them and the water. Yeah. And there's no getting a kayak under that. Yeah. And, you know, if somebody comes through there and they get caught in that, they get pushed under that tree, who knows if the kayak pins them to the bottom. Yeah, you don't happens. know. Yeah, so you just need to play it safe. And that's, that's what I wanted to hit on today for the most part was water safety. Mm -hmm. One reason, because I saw that guy almost drowned for myself the other day. Secondly, because the numbers are up this year and we need to try to do something about that if we can. Hopefully mm -hmm. educating people. Hopefully maybe somebody's listening to the podcast and they they think to, to take those precautions or they know somebody who's going kayaking and they can tell them to take the precautions. Mm -hmm. Hopefully somebody gets some use out of this. Yes. Something else I hope people get use out of is what we're about to talk about, and that is where fishing is good right now. Yeah, it's free fishing weekend this coming weekend. That, that's so. why I wanted to point out. Free fishing weekend, you don't need to have a fishing license, and that applies to non-residents as well. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't that doesn't mean you gotta be a kid or you gotta be a senior. It means that anybody can fish for free in the state of Kentucky this weekend. But all <clears throat> size and crew limits, all yeah. those still apply. Yeah, 100%. And um, so let's say somebody, <clears throat> If, you, if you're into fishing, if you're experienced, you probably have your fishing license, so this weekend probably doesn't apply to you, right? Unless you're taking somebody. Yeah. If you, let's, let's think, where's a great place to take a newbie fishing, a new person fishing? Well, bluegill in small lakes right now, we uh, fished uh, earlier this week on Beaver Lake. In there's Anderson probably County. bank access for that also? Mm -hmm. There is, there's a fishing pier. There's a, there's a whole, and Beaver Lake might not be that close to everybody, but there's- But some, there's a lot of lakes like that. Elmer Davis, mm -hmm. Benji Kamen, Beaver, mm -hmm. Um, I mean, you can probably look at Guest Creek, I'm assuming, is probably, it's not a big lake. Go to, um, we have a wonderful page called Find a Place to Fish. Yeah. If you type that in our search bar, 
it'll bring up and it you can sort by county by type of uh, by type of water body by species you want to catch and it'll show you all the access yeah. spots the fishing forecast it's a wonderful resource I, <clears throat> maps I, the whole nine yards i didn't uh, i don't want to cut you off and i might be um jumping the gun on this but an exciting bit of news that i feel pretty comfortable saying is that mm. the fishing app yeah, boating fishing app is about to go live. About to go live. And I've played around with that app before. I've got access to it. Um, they, they hooked me up so I could get to know it a little bit. And it is uh, the bee's knees is, mm -hmm. uh, is a good way to explain it because I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. I feel like I know my spots. I know how to fish. And in the state of Kentucky, I know mm -hmm. quite a bit. I've been fortunate to get to go and see a lot. But this app is going to be useful for me in all kinds of ways. Mm -hmm. And if you're a new person who's looking to get out there and, and fish, it's going to be extremely handy to you too. But um, that goes live here soon, mm -hmm. and when it does, we'll probably need to have a podcast and have Paul Wilkes. Paul Wilkes, Rachel Croom, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, Rachel hadn't been on in a while. If she's able to come on, we might have her on um, to talk about it. And some of that depends on what our restrictions are, of course. Mm -hmm. But yeah. we uh, we'll definitely talk about that and intro the uh, the app soon and, and walk everybody through it. But yeah, there's a lot of good resources on the website. Let's say I was looking at generally like general statements of where the fishing is good right now. I think Creek Smallies, if you find a creek mm -hmm. with the right water level. Yes. I've gotten bad reports and I've also gotten good reports lately. I talked to um, a guy who said he caught 15 Creek Smallies in Elkhorn uh, in, after, in an afternoon over about three or four hours, which isn't great. Mm -hmm. and I talked to another guy who said he went and caught 35 in two hours in the morning. Yeah. And um, I don't know if it's water temperature. Right now the water mm -hmm. temperature is climbing. It's been awful, it's been really high. So well, you can look at that. The same USGS website that you gave earlier that gives the flow gives the temperature, mm -hmm. and you can see the spikes, the drop, and the spike every day from mm -hmm. the water temperature. I'm kind of thinking that guy who caught 35 went when that was you know, low. Was low, and Jordan, my buddy, um, went when it was up there. I mean, if I caught 15 in a few hours, I wouldn't complain. Hey, if I'm on the water, I'm not complaining. I mean, I went and I fished six hours in March and caught four. Yeah, I've done much <laughs> worse than that this year. But I'm not complaining if I'm out there fishing anyway, especially as pretty as it's been. I know. And especially as hot as it's been if I'm wade fishing. No doubt. I'm telling you, I would almost, when it's like this, what is it, 88 degrees out today mm -hmm. or something? I don't want to be in that kayak. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. That's just me. I don't want to be sitting on that kayak in the sun baking when I can be in that water. Well, what we do, we pull over a lot when yeah. it's this time of year for floating. Yeah, I do. And wade and I, I like the wade fishing. I'd, pref I'd prefer. I think to, you catch more and bigger fish when you wade because you're forced to fish it correctly. Yeah. But wade fishing is a big opportunity. I've been looking at flows for Elkhorn. We just looked at together um, Floyd's Fork. Uh, a lot of creeks are at a pretty optimal level to fish right now. I would check it before you go, but I think there's a lot of stream fishing opportunity. And if somebody wanted to take somebody fishing for the first time, I'd probably my what I'd tell them to do is go to a creek. Get a little white spinner bait or a rooster tail or mm -hmm. um, a curly tail grub mm -hmm. and just whip that bad boy around because you'll catch something. Yeah. I don't know if you'll catch green sunfish or long ear or smallmouth or rock bass, but mm -hmm. you will catch fish. Yeah. And, it, and that's probably what I would tell you. And, and even if you're not catching fish, if you're out there by the creek, you're having fun. It's enjoyable, right? That'd probably be my number one way to introduce somebody new to fishing, mm -hmm. especially this weekend since we know the flows are about right and we know the, what the weather is roughly going to be like. I'd probably say go to a creek. There's something that looks kind of like a minnow when it's coming through the water on there and just cast it around and you'll catch something. That's, that's my two cents. I, I agree. And then other ones I had, and I know you have a more specific list than me. I kind of went general oh, well, with mine. I do here, uh, bluegill on small lakes, uh, yeah. on the little Popeye type jigs tipped with red worm okay. with no bobber. 
No bobber. Everybody's oh, because they're in the beds right now. Yeah. So but, just let, let it drift and you go bam. Yeah. So right I now. Caught a really fat one. He pulled drag. Pulled. He almost kind of pulled my kayak around. A bluegill. And, and you could probably get into readier out there too on yeah. some lakes. So yeah. What you're That'll saying. I, I think the no bobber part is important there because people might not know. Right now, these uh, san sunfish and panfish are on, or they're on their beds. So yeah, I saw them. They were everywhere. They're guarding the nest, and so if you just pitch that bait in there and it falls in the nest, they're going to bite it. Mm -hmm. But if you've got, you know, it under a float, your bait might not get down to the nest and they might not. Yeah. So uh, I didn't catch a fish on bobber. Caught yeah. all my fish with no bobber. That's a, that's a good point of advice because most people, when they're going fishing for the first time, they're thinking bluegill, they're thinking mm -hmm. bobber. Mm -hmm. And so that's a good, maybe try leaving the bobber off this time and fishing a little bit deeper. Yep. That's, that's a good point of advice. Um, what else you got? Rough River hybrids I've heard are on fire. Hybrid striped bass are on fire on Rough River right I've now. I've heard that and I've seen the pictures to confirm. We have a, what is it, a, a source, a confirmation, and a, mm. we got everything we need to yep. confirm that Rough River is on fire for hybrids. Also, I, and that's another note I had. My first note was Creek Smallmouth, and my second one was White Bass Hybrids Stripes um, because they're moving really well on rough and other bodies of water like that. Mm. And then out there on the Ohio and the Kentucky, I'm seeing people wearing them out too. So I think that's that's another good one. Do you have a, a third? Because um, I got a third. We'll no, I don't. All right, my third is musky. And that's not necessarily for the first time fisherman. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know if you want to introduce somebody to, to fishing via the fish of 10,000 casts. Cast. Yeah. yeah. Which a day, if, if you get a follow, you've had a great day sometimes. Yeah. But maybe, so maybe not for the free fishing weekend uh, in particular, but I do know that the muskie are really heating up on the rivers. Mm. And that goes for Green River in central Kentucky and also a lot of the rivers out in the eastern part of the state. Yeah. I've seen people tearing them up, and I've been getting good reports. And I think we're going to try to muskie fish uh, for the TV show next week. All right, cool. We got uh, we got a shoot lined up. Good deal. Same guy that uh, took me when I got my yeah. trophy muskie. Yeah. And uh, we don't know how we're going to do it. You know, COVID has has thrown some things at us that have been no a doubt. little bit harder to deal. Like this, we used to not be able to be in a boat with anybody at all, right? And now we're we're going in the boat with maybe one person, but we have to be able to socially distance. So we we were originally planning on going fishing with this guy in a pelican boat, getting on that real skinny water, real small water out in eastern Kentucky and catching these huge muskie. But, you know, we can't be standing on a six and a half foot long boat with somebody. Yeah. So we're going to have to, you know, change up our uh, change up our game plan and go with a bigger boat and probably bigger water. But it's going to be fun. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. We've got a lot coming up next week, including a shoot with you, Lee. Uh, we... Please, no more rain, no more rain, no more rain. Yeah, we're supposed to get out on the water with Lee here. We're going to um, go on Green River, do one of my favorite floats in the state. Hopefully Monday or Tuesday. Those are the days I'm shooting for. I okay. hope it works Tuesday out. Tuesday, I can't. Tuesday, you can't. Okay. So hopefully Monday or Wednesday. Okay. Um, right now, we're just watching the water levels. we kind of been sitting on G and waiting on O mm -hmm. this whole time. Now, we got that, that gully washer that came through yesterday, and I think it's brought some inflow in there. You know, you're the second person I've talked to today about the rain we had yesterday. Mm -hmm. I went hiking yesterday. Um, at Jefferson Memorial Forest, right, which is in Jefferson County. And Jameson, the guy who works here, was telling me how bad it rained in Louisville yesterday. I never saw a drop of it. It was amazing. Yeah, it was just one I, of those. Yeah, I didn't I didn't see a drop. There's flash of flooding in E-Town. There's on Weather Channel this morning. People's backyards are flooded. So. I, I went from my house, 15 <clears throat> miles away, to Jefferson Memorial Forest, hiked around for about three hours, went back home, and when I got home, everything was soaking wet. All my shoes outside were just drenched. I never saw the first drop of rain. Ten miles away. Well, that's that's so how I, it goes. But that's what I was telling Jameson. He was worried that you know you might not be able to float this weekend because of all the rain. I told him I think that the rain was so spotty, mm -hmm. like it might have come down hard. But look at Elkhorn. It's yeah. didn't didn't do a thing to it. Might have raised it fifteen feet, 
per second, not yeah. 15 feet in yeah. total. But, but uh, actually, I love it when it's on just on a gentle rise. That's great time to you fish. You know, it all depends for well, me. You know, we'll have to do a podcast waiting in the creek here very you know, soon. That, that reminds me, I would love to do that, first of all. Maybe that's our next one. Oh, yeah. and somebody, uh, um, Kyle Embry, a guy from Richmond that I went coyote hunting with before, uh, he texted me the other day and said he really enjoyed the podcast where you're walking around the pond. <laughs> he said, even though you didn't have any luck, it was still fun to listen to. You should do more like that. Cool. So I would like to. Yeah, well, let's let's hit let's hit the creek. Let's go to Elkhorn. Yeah. You want to just uh, cancel this one? We can go back. <laughs> let's just, go right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like being in trouble. I got to be somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we'll get it. Yeah. Um, no, something I wanted to talk about earlier that I skipped over and I wanted to come back to. You were talking about um, you like it on a little bit on the rise, mm -hmm. the creek. The biggest problem... Or stable. I, I hate falling water. The falling water is the toughest. I told you earlier, before I told you the story about uh, catching that guy, that I'd been having a hard time catching hybrids and stripers down at the falls lately, right? And the reason for that is because that water is just not stable. It's it's in flux. And so I'll be sitting there fishing. And let's just say I'm, I've got my... I'm knee-deep in water, okay? I'm knee-deep in water. I'm fishing. Um... In a minute, I might feel the water pulling against my legs, you know, from behind, and I look down, it's dropping, dropping, and it might end up being, you know, 10 inches lower than it was. And I might fish like that for about 10 or 15 minutes, and then all of a sudden I feel the water rushing in, and the water's going to come up, and it's, you know, up over my knees. And I don't think that the fishing's good when the water's doing stuff like that. Yeah, I agree. Because I, I, I think the fish need consistent water, stable water, so they can find a place to stage or set up. Because when the water's coming in, it's going out, it's it's going up, it's going down. Those fish have no idea where they need to be. Um, you know, if they're facing facing this way and swimming upstream, or if they're facing the other way and swimming upstream, mm -hmm. is the bait coming from here? Is the bait coming from there? Mm -hmm. And it makes it really, really, really hard to find fish. And and then when you have stable water, all the fish, you know, they congregate in a certain area because mm -hmm. that's the right area. It's stable. That's where they need to be. Mm -hmm. It makes it a whole lot easier to catch them. No doubt. So I don't like water that's changing drastically one way or the yeah. other. And I especially don't like it when it's changing both ways at once. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that makes but it But the worst is uh, falling water. If it's been high and it's it's coming down, yeah. that, that makes for tough sledding. And it, uh, are you talking about mainly on streams? Yeah, but I, I, when they're pulling a lake really hard too, I think. Some lakes like Kentucky Lake or Barkley, it can turn them on. Yeah. But uh, most of your reservoirs are pulling the reservoir hard. It makes, and it there makes are the a, fishing tough. There are strategies for fishing when the reservoir is being pulled hard. Mm -hmm. I've, I've never would have known these firsthand because I don't have a boat and I don't fish reservoirs a whole lot, but I've learned fishing the show or being on the show, fishing with Chad and fishing with these guides and stuff that when they're pulling the lake hard, the backside of main lake points. Yeah. Because it that water pulls the bait and pulls the plankton and pulls everything kind of to the backside of those main lake points. As the plankton builds up there, the bait fish build up there. And as the bait fish build up there, the, the predator fish. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's that's kind of the same thing when the water is even in a lake where you got all that water, the it moves quick enough to, mm -hmm. to change all that stuff around. Mm -hmm. So you know, it, it, the water moving in, moving out, coming up, going down really does affect how you fish. Yep. And if you're gonna catch fish. Yep. Lee, I don't have much else I want to talk about. We actually went a little longer than I thought we would today. What time? Oh, all right, good. I still have time. All right. Well, let's call this one quits. Let's cool. go fishing. Next one, uh, let's... let's. Uh, hey, I'd rather be outside. But I'll be honest with you, I, I tossed around the idea today of us doing this one from the picnic table. Mm -hmm. And I was tossing that idea around while I was in my car. And I stepped out of my car and I decided no. <laughs> I felt that sign. I felt the heat, and I said, "It's hot." Me and Lee would both have a heat stroke. Oh no, it's hot, man. That's, yeah. It's it's went from cool, cool to pure summer. Yeah. You know, 
Yep. All but right. next time we'll be knee deep in the creek and I hope so. might bring my fly rod and see if I can fool one on top water. Yeah, I took my buddy fly fishing at the falls the other day. He didn't have any luck. I told you it's been slow, but yeah. he caught one on his bait caster. But Lee, I'm going to call it quits. I'm going to hit cool. this button here and uh, I appreciate you coming on. No problem. All and right. uh, next time, hopefully we'll be knee deep. We will be. I'm, right. I'm going to guarantee that. All right. Good deal.